I have never in my life been so excited for a podcast like today's. We are getting into the be quiet, Tiffany, of it all as we dissect this wild episode of Top Model with my sis, Bob the Drag Queen. We talk with Bob about their experience with acting classes and coaches, and we also talk about Top Model legend Tiffany, and we ask Bob if they were also rooting for her. Then... Bob tells us about We're Here and the Sibling Rivalry Tour and has Maxwell and me absolutely cracking up. This episode is too fun. I know you are going to love this one. Forever. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shay Coulet, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hi, babes. What are we getting into today? Hi, Shay. So today we are getting into a very, very iconic episode. We are getting into probably one of the most viral, well-known moments in America's Next Top Model history. I mean, it might even be like one of the most viral moments in reality show television. We are going to be discussing the Be Quiet Tiffany episode, um, also known as The Girl That Pushed Tyra Over the Edge. Um, Before we get into this episode, there's definitely some, you know, like at-home business we need to discuss. I want to get your opinion on like acting days. So like, who do we think has like emotionally checked out at this point? Obviously, the star of this episode is Miss Tiffany. Um, and we had discussed with Tony clearly the challenges that she was going through just with being in this process. Uh, and the acting challenge is always something that's, a, you know, a toss up with the top model contestants, just because for a lot of them, they don't really have much experience in acting. Um, you know, and even sometimes the girls that say that they did like a high school play or whatever, it doesn't always translate into these uh, scenarios. So for me, I guess, yes, it's going to have to be Tiffany. I'm going to have to say Tatiana was not really um, giving her best at this point. And I could understand where there are starting to be some frustrations with the judges um, in panel, which we'll get into a little bit later. Totally. I mean, I agree. I think Tatiana, I think Christina as well. It kind of feels like Christina, maybe like this is a little bit out of her comfort zone or like what she was expecting this to be like I think she kind of was expecting a little bit more maybe like glitzy and glamoury and she seems a little bit more like oh this is actually work like I'm working right now yeah I I feel like Christina um really didn't project much just in general you know whether it was like um in front of the camera for a photo shoot you know I feel like one thing that was constantly Christina's critique and something that people notice is it just seemed to be flat. It just didn't never, it never really seemed like Christina was able to like crack open and like reveal herself uh, to, to the judges and, you know, just like let them see her be vulnerable or open, um, which is kind of like what they all want from any reality contestant ever, no matter how talented, no matter how amazing you are, they always want to see a little bit of vulnerability. So um yeah definitely was not the challenge for christina either um this is all you touched on it a little bit this is the acting lesson day have you ever taken an acting class like is this experience something you've experienced before have i taken an acting class there's a bear shit in the woods (laughs) um yeah i've taken I've taken plenty um, of acting classes, you know, I've studied, you know, several techniques. I've studied Meisner, I've studied Stanislavski. Um, so yeah, let me tell you, they're nothing like, like this top model challenge. I feel like um, if I were to try and give this context to the experiences that I've had with acting, I would feel like, okay, like you're in college 
and your acting teacher had like a family emergency and they're not going to be able to be there for class for like, you know, the next week, you know, you got two classes that week and they bring in some substitute teacher who gives, picks a random play. They're like, it's going to be Pygmalion. Um, they're just going to flip through random pages, pair you guys up and then make you do a scene study for the next class. Like that's kind of what I'm getting. You know, like make sure you just figure out your costumes and everything like that. We'll all be doing scenes from Pygmalion um, on Thursday. Uh, that is probably the closest that I can come to, the, to this because it is just really, this is really wild. Do you feel that these acting lessons are very helpful for these um, young aspiring models? Because we have seen um, our very own Tyra Banks be a successful actress in shows such as, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, um, we also had the iconic performance of her as Eve in um, Life Size, amongst many others. I think this is actually a really great like lesson and challenge for these girls. I think we've seen a lot of these girls go on to do acting stuff, commercials. A lot. I mean, and it seems like even a lot of them kind of come on the show like low-key wanting that more than they want modeling. Like a lot of them, like when we spoke with April, she was like, I kind of was, you know, like just dancing with being on camera in general. Like it wasn't necessarily mm -hmm. to be a supermodel. It was to be on camera. Do and... correspondence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think if this challenge wasn't, I mean, if it wasn't a TV show and it wasn't meant to like break these girls down and, um, you know, make it uh, difficult for them to understand these challenges, I think it would be helpful for sure. And I think some of them probably do get some takeaway. I mean, they do not show a lot of Britney in this episode, and I think it's because she actually did really well. Top model facts. Yeah. We'll get to it later, but that teleprompter, it seemed like she nailed it because they did not show her mm -hmm. messing anything up, but, like, everybody mm -hmm. else was, like, messing it all up. So, I don't know. I think... Britney was like, I know how to read chartreuse. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Magenta <laughs> is my favorite color. I learned how to... She... And you know what? I could actually see that for her. Couldn't you see Britney and, like first grade being like, my favorite color is magenta. Like, just being loud and colorful. Yeah, when I think of magenta, I think of that wall in Giselle Bryant's home in Real Housewives of Potomac. Do you watch Real Housewives of Potomac? I am catching up. I have just gotten to season four, and I'm trying to catch up because I really want to... So I think she's about to be in her remodeling phase, like around in the season four, season five. So you may have not been introduced to the magenta wall yet. But I, you will get there. You will, I'm ready. You will get there. I'm really enjoying it. I'm also bouncing between that and Orange County and I'm getting to like really up to date on Orange County. I know you don't watch that one, but like I've never seen people yell at each other in public like that in real life. <laughs> so to see it on TV is like really crazy. Like they're just like in public restaurants screaming at each other. So I really I like know. it. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this episode. Now, the girl who pushes Tyra over the edge is giving all of the elements of good reality TV. And I know I have a lot to say about today's episode. And I know our guest has just a lot to say in general. So today I'm so excited to dive into the be quiet Tiffany of it all with the start of the hit HBO show, we're here, Bob the Drag Queen. Now, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get into all of the juicy tea with our girl, Bob. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Wanna Be On Top. Now we all know the acting episode has really brought us some very special ANTM moments with these commercial slash acting challenges like Camille's version of the script or Amanda acting as if she died and then came back to life. And cycle four acting day comes with all of the baggage. Now this episode leaves us saying one person's name and that's Tiffany. Today, we have some fierce acting things to cover, and I am so excited to bring on our guests to chat with them about 
all that goes on in top model world. I am so excited to welcome to the show from HBO Max's We're Here winner of season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race, Bob the Drag Queen. Hey. Oh, wow. Hey, baby. That Hi, is Bob. me. All the things you're saying are very true. Hi. How are you? How's life treating y'all? So <laughs> great. good. Great. It is so great to see you, Queen. How are you? You too is great. Also, um, total side note, not to derail everything off the bat, but like what when you tweeted out that thing about Kim about being like your um your favorite and Kim was like, why would you want to know this? I'm like, Kim, answer the fucking question. <laughs> I, I wanna read I wanna read you all verbatim what this interaction was. It was such a kimchi moment. If there ever it if was there ever very, was a kim it was moment. A very kimchi moment. I'm I'm literally thinking to myself, I'm like, kimchi is somebody who has knowledge about like what restaurant specials are on what day, what their address and telephone number are. So, you know, I figure this is just, right. this would be any knowledge to go in there. So Shay tweeted out, Bob the Drag Queen said to me the other week, everyone should know what, what was the number one song on the charts the week they were born. I looked it up, mine was straight up, Apollo Abdul, what's yours? Kim says, that's such a random information you you have to know my Chinese zodiac sure my moon sign sure my birth date and place sure what's the number one hit on the day of, on, on the day of my birthday I mean I don't know should I memorize how much a gas prices were too or the price of a Big Mac and I was like Kim just answer the question you fucking wet blanket <laughs> like you wet blanket you just answer. The fucking question. Anyway, I knew Kim was going to be a wet blanket about it, so I looked it up. Hers was, I still haven't found what I'm looking for by you two. I looked Kim's up for her. <laughs> that's probably why Kim didn't even want to say it. She was just all like, I don't really like that. She was just like, that's not good enough for me. So let me go on a tangent about Big Macs and gas prices. <laughs> it's everyone wondering, mine was On My Own by Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald. Yes, why did it end this way? This way, my own. Oh my gosh. Uh, Maxwell, do you know what yours is? No, and you know what? I meant to look this up because I watched this whole Twitter exchange go down. Um, So I'm going to look it up really (laughs) quick. Yeah, that's really good. While you do that, I want to catch up with Bob because we do this with everybody that we have on the podcast. You know, we like to get a little nostalgic, go back. So I want to ask you, okay, to go back in your memory to March 2015. What were you wearing? What were you listening to? What was in your portable CD player or your MP3 player or your iPod if you were rich like that? You know, like what was Wait, your was this style? was this episode of March 2015? Yes, this is in, tw- oh, did I say 2015? 2005. Yeah, I was say, we're in 2005, uh, I was mama. Say, I was say, there's no way it was 2015. I was like, I was like, there's no way I was that grown with this in 2000, <laughs> March 2005 I had just graduated from high school and I, um, I it was my first year of college it was my second year of college actually so I am now a sophomore in college and I believe my sophomore year I was wearing a lot of um, like uh, acid wash jeans um, caps that were like kind of frayed um, kind of Ed Hardy <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even finish the Ed, Ed Hardy looking ass clothes. Um, I mean, I can even like show you pictures because this is like when Facebook basically first came out for college students. Mm-hmm. I remember yes. when, um, when back in the day, Facebook you had to have a college um, ID to be able to use Facebook, and then yeah. colleges one by one would be admitted into this like into this like really elite you know, thing. Actually, I, I didn't even have that. Facebook. My first Facebook was 2006. So, yeah, I was wearing, like, like jeans. A lot of... I was really, really into hoodies at the time. Um, very very much stuff like that. These were popping, you know, especially the hoodie under the blazer. It was very... Yes. Yes. Wow. I'm living for this. Wow. The- uh-huh. I yeah. think I actually had that same exact hat, Bob. I'm not even <laughs> shitting you. I Are need, you kidding? Yeah, I mean, see, like now I need uh, to go on my Facebook and find that gray distressed hat that kind and of. And to everyone quiet. listening, you'll be wondering. <laughs> this picture was not. This was from probably from 2005. I'm wearing. I have long dreadlocks. Yes, <laughs> a live strong bracelet which, on. 
Yes, two. I have you know I have two lip shark braces. How dare you? Well, I, really I don't know what color. Was... The blue one it represents something else. The yellow is definitely live strong. No, the blue one's live strong. No, um, that was back when you donated money. You bought like a really cheap bracelet. Um, but yeah, so I had long dreadlocks. One of those for any type of like charity function or fundraiser they were doing. Yes, and I used to. I just want everyone to know out there. I I really did once upon a time have hair. Like some people think that I never ever had hair. Here's a picture of me from the same time. I was wasted in this picture. I don't even drink. You remember I told you the Ed Hardy mm-hmm. style shirts mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. like pants. Mm-hmm. I'm loving the patch on the jeans. I'm loving the They're, patch. The pants no. are ripped. I was going to say, pants, are those ripped? Uh-huh. ripped? Are they wet as well? They look urinated in a little like i feel like okay yes this this, see, this a, style of hat this wow. very specific acdc lots of yeah lots what's of your favorite acdc hats. song um shook me all night long is my favorite acd song by far it is a i mean i love the the beat of back in black you know but the the lyrics and shook me all night long she was a fast machine she kept her motor clean she was the best damn woman that i ever seen like it's just a really really brilliant um song i'm obsessed i need the audience to notice you were taking us through your whole facebook like you were taking us because yeah. oh, yeah, you you want to know what i was wearing in 2005 mary this is it i mean oh, i want you guys to know yes. i was not i was not always bald i used to be able to grow hair and i had very long like past my shoulders dreadlocks Dreads. yeah uh to all the haters out there uh, always jeans. I used to wear a carabiner on my hip all the time with my keys on it. <laughs> always a carabiner, but not just that. I I had the um the keys that would go zzz, and then oh, you would baby, click click yes, and then you would let it go and it would back. snap back. Yes, um, and I'm living I had for the, the friends with the um thermal under the t-shirt because that was a moment to very oh, yeah. 2005. That, like, it feels like it's kind of coming back. The layering, you, the weird you know color what? blocking Let's and laying layering is coming back. Well, I actually was yeah. just noticing how um, in Miu Miu's uh, new collection that they debuted at Paris Fashion Week, they're definitely going for the low rise trend again, which, I mean, works for anybody that's a size two or zero. Right, right. So I'm me. like, okay, so, so right. <laughs> it'll look great uh, on me. Now, Bob, did you watch America's Next Top Model uh, while it was airing? Um, on and off, I wasn't avid about it. What I did watch pretty avidly was the Tyra Banks show, which is one of the wildest rides mm-hmm. in the history of daytime talk shows. Like, y'all don't even know how insane between the time where she gave out Vaseline to everyone in the audience and told yeah. everyone it was her biggest secret and she was screaming the time she pretended she had rabies, the oh, time that she dressed up in a fat suit and told everyone that she knew it was like to be fat, that she sat across from a burn victim and said, "Well, I also have a big forehead, so I know what it's like." The time that she, the time that she had Tyra, um, the time she had Naomi Campbell on her show on a closed set, and Naomi Campbell dog walked Tyra Banks on her own show. I watched some of that. The I mean, night. the time that she had the Westboro, she had the Westboro Baptist Church on, and Shirley Phelps dog walked Tyra Banks. One of my favorite quotes <laughs> in the episode when, um, was when uh, Tyra Banks goes, wait, so you're not racist? And then Shirley, Shirley Phelps goes, well, of course not. Don't be ridiculous. That's one of my, <laughs> I was saying, of course not. Don't be ridiculous for a very long, well, of course not. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly, Tyra has given us so many amazing gems throughout pop culture. And yeah, I'm honestly, obsessed. And season four of Top Model is when she started doing the Tyra show. That's why they moved production to LA so that she could film both the talk show and do Top Model at the same time. Top Model Facts. You know, and as we get into this episode, which is, you know, pretty iconic, um, later on, you know, we heard from... Oh, and sorry, uh, last but not least, also, Patti LaBelle versus the lady with the cupcakes oh my on the Tyra Banks show. Was, yes. uh, baby, I'm, I'm good, but I don't, I don't need paper. What's wrong with her? Like, <laughs> so that was letting them know that I wasn't touching the cupcake, boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Like Tara, I mean, everything, she, like she was on Hot Ones, that, that wing show on YouTube, where she was like, she was really great on that show. Yeah. Uh, the announcement for Model Land, where she was like, for years, I told you, I mean, that was great. 
when she told everyone to kiss her fat ass. Iconic. Tyra Banks Iconic. is consistently giving us some of the best television ever. And we, I mean, she's wild. I'm obsessed with Tyra Banks. Tyra's true camp. People were reading her for that Britney look and I was living for it. I don't know. <laughs> which, which Britney look? She did, they did a Dancing with um, the Stars the baby Britney. One more. Yeah, they, uh-huh. And she did some. And all Britney all mm-hmm. night. She mm-hmm. did a little baby one more time with the pigtails and the scrunchies. It's, it was um, camp. It was very camp. Oh, no, I remember that. And she <laughs> looks, uh, listen, y'all. I mean, you, you, you're, you're going to have Amazing. to stop me because uh. otherwise I will be here all day going on about how great Tyra Banks is. She is, I mean, it, she she's things. wild. She looks great. She's the gift that keeps on giving. The kids were reading her online, and I was pressed. Right. I was like, y'all better leave her alone. Same with that red outfit that they were trying to read her for. I was just like, y'all better leave Tyra alone. That was fierce. I don't care what you say. And if if you do anything, she will come out and tell you to kiss her fat ass real quick. I mean, you should hope that you look this good at 47. You should hope, bitch. I pray. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so let's get into this episode. uh, Because now, Bob, on each cycle of Top Model, the girls are sent into an acting challenge with a coach and receive a lesson on how to become better at trees. Um, so the common theme through each cycle is most of these girls are young. Most of them is their first time ever doing any of this type, any of these type of challenges, be it walking in heels or doing their own makeup or in this case, acting. So the models are sent off to meet with acting coach Larry Moss, and they're given a lesson in no, dialect. No, Larry Moss, acting coach and dialect coach. Thank you for the correction. I'm sorry. <laughs> dialect coach as well. Acting Good and dialect coach. I wrote it acting down. Acting and dialect coach Larry Moss. Um, and he is a caricature of an acting teacher. He's in like oversized clothing. It's yes. all earth tones. He needs mm-hmm. a haircut. He hasn't shaved in a while. He's, I mean, he's the jacket isn't corduroy, but it might as well be. Like he's one step away from having patches over the elbows of his clothes. He's a, a caricature. Yes, he's a caricature of an acting teacher. Did you have an acting teacher that looked like Larry Moss? I had an acting teacher named uh, Rebecca McGraw, an an acting teacher named Larry, actually. I had an actual acting teacher (laughs) named Larry, who did, and Larry did not look like Larry Moss, um, but he didn't exactly look like Larry. I remember years ago, there was a picture of me (laughs) asleep in in Larry's class, and um, I was completely passed out. And that is like the, the what I, I was so proud of. I mean, I was a horrible college student, and I was actually <laughs> for some reason very proud of this picture of me passed out uh, in his class. So I ended up eventually making it my uh, my profile picture. And if I will show you right now to everyone at home, you'll see um, Shay and Maxwell can confirm that is my acting teacher Larry, oh who doesn't not look like Larry Moss. He's he giving. doesn't not look like Larry Moss. He's giving. I'm living for all this Facebook flashbacks we're getting. It is like I know. I wish I could remember my Facebook password. (laughs) Oh, oh, Facebook is a great. Yeah, you got to get in there. You got to get in. It is wonderful. Get those memories. Um, uh, now I'm, I see now that I saw the picture, I was assuming, you know, it's going to be one of those acting class situations, you know, where you're doing a type of body warm up and they have everybody like lay down on the ground in a circle and like meditate. Um, because that's what I paid one hundred and twenty thousand um, dollars for. Um. Well, we, I did those too, but in Columbus, Georgia, is a little different. I remember uh, my teacher was a little more realistic about her approach, especially Rebecca McGraw. She's my main acting teacher. And I remember one time I was, I like, I was so proud because I got to a point where I was crying in class, and she, I was so proud. And she was like, "Will you stop?" She was like, "Will you stop? <laughs> like, you can't cry through the whole scene." Then I remember one day she said, "Anyone out there who wants to get an acting?" One of the best piece of advice I ever got was um, the actor on stage who's crying in every scene is not as as interesting to watch as the actor who's trying to fight back tears. That is actually yeah, much that's more interesting. The, that's the same note that uh, I got in, in acting school. Yeah. But yeah, you get to that point where you know how to bring tears forth and you're like, I'm doing it. I'm fucking Viola Davis and these bitches can fucking kiss my ass. But then after a while, everyone's like, yeah, we get it. You can cry. So what else you got? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, did you ever have any experience with like any type of like dialect training? Have you ever done like any kind of British or Cockney accents before? Not really. I mean, I do I do Australian accents all the time um, because I'm just obsessed with uh, the way Australian people talk. But I don't really have any. But I'm, I love, as you know, I love doing impersonations of people. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm constantly impersonating people and doing uh, my Australian accent. My, so every once in a while, I'll say, you know, I live in Los Angeles and I'm doing a little bit of a tour down in Adelaide. Um, then I'm going to head over to Perth, actually, and um, maybe swing by I Melbourne. Mean- <laughs> I love how um, on trend Australian accents are right now. <laughs> I'm like, everybody I, is working on their it, Australian Mike. accent. Okay, but let me ask you this. If you can give me your best Cockney accent, can you say Betty Butterbottom in your best Cockney accent? All right, mate. It's a little bit of a Betty Butterbottom over yeah. All right, Betty Butterbottom. <laughs> And um and I remember a Courtney accent because I saw one in um uh, it was in Les Mis and Gavra- Gavroche and Les Mis. Little people know when little people fight, we may look easy pigskin, but we got much bite. And that was my first interaction with a Cockney accent. Yeah, I feel like you know Cockney when you um run into a double T, you just like leave it off. You're like, eh, be- you just like be- take a break. Better off leaving it off. Better right. off. Betty but a bottom. Anyway, Betty anyway, but a bottom. Yeah, say that five times fast. Um, now, okay, so Bob, you are an actrice. Now, if you were presented with a challenge where you got to act alongside the legendary um, Boris Kojo, how do you feel you would do? I mean, I'd be fine. I think I don't want to sound disrespectful, but I think your response to Boris was probably more positive than mine. I was like, Boris, <laughs> I mean, you're beautiful, but like, I don't know that Boris, like, it's not, you're not Denzel Washington, Mary. Like, I mean, I can see Boris in like a Tyler Perry movie, but not in a, you know, I don't yes. see him in a, uh, in an Alice Walker adaptation of, of one of her books. And it was also weird because Boris did not do an accent. It was just this modern American guy talking mm-hmm. to a period, like, Cockney woman yes. in period clothing. <laughs> he was in regular clothes, talking right. like a regular person, right. and then all these ladies had to be in this like crazy looks, doing their own makeup. They're like, "Oh, also, you all need to do SFX makeup. <laughs> you need to learn. You need to be masters of period period style clothing, and you need to have a Cockney accent." The scene makes no sense. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I and like, I don't think Boris was killing it. Like, he was not killing it. <laughs> Boris is like, I know these lines, kind of. They gave me the script a couple minutes ago. Um, Literally. It was, it was, yeah, it's very confusing. I know that they were going for their whole little kind of, like, Pygmalion situation. But I, you know, I feel like, too, this is, like, kind of, like, the part where we start to see, like, Tiffany um, break a little bit. Because we had talked about this um, with, Kenya earlier that um, Tiffany was just kind of getting to a point where, you know, she just felt like all these challenges were just like, you know, there to humiliate her and make her look bad. And uh, I could definitely see where this would be a challenge and it would be easy for her to get in her head in this situation because the way that you just described it and outlined it, it really, you know, (laughs) lets you know that this shit is crazy. You know, I was just well, like, the thing about being on reality TV, you are you are hyper aware of everything when you're on reality TV, and you are very very paranoid. Like, mm-hmm. I remember being on our show, and everyone thought that Robbie Turner was a plant. Like, Robbie, we thought that Robbie Turner was hired by the producers <laughs> to like fuck with us. When you're on reality TV, you think everyone's out to get you. You're like, this is a this whole thing is literally a setup to get me, me specifically. And only me. <laughs> And, and, and yeah, solamente yo. Like, you think it is really just them out to just bring you down. And I don't know why we think that way, but it, but it's pretty common. I mean, we, my first season of We're Here, we one of our drag kids was like, your producer's trying to make me the villain. And I was like, baby, we don't have villains on the show. This is, <laughs> this is not uh, Avengers Endgame. Like, with, there's no there's no Thanos in the cast, Mary. We're just trying to tell your story. If your story is villainous, we'll probably tell a villainous story, but we only have heroes in this show. But yeah. it, I think that there's something about having a camera pointed at you and not knowing the 
intents of the people who are going to be because the people who are shooting it aren't even the folks going to be editing it. The story mm-hmm. producers aren't even the ones. It's like it goes to like six hands by the time it makes it to television, mm-hmm. if not more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and we will. We should dive a little bit deeper into that. But let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get more into this iconic acting challenge and a panel that lives on forever in infamy. We'll be oh, right back. I fucking conic. back and we are chatting with Bob the Drag Queen about the acting challenge on Cycle 4. We're also about to dive into these photos and this panel. I'm just, I'm excited. So let's just get into it. So in Cycle 1, we get a Wonder Bra photo shoot and then they do another one in Cycle 4. And these like photos are like so, like the contrast is so different. I like really wanted to know your opinion, Bob, on these because they are like night and day like do you i mean do these inspire you to buy a bra the ones in france are from cycle one and the ones from the pillow fight ones are obviously from this episode well i want to see them side by side i thought that the season two ones were actually really great it did not inspire me to buy wonder bra because i have nothing to push up but (laughs) i mean i just buy walmart bras cut the lining and stuff it with polyfill um, so I don't have a lot of titty meat to, to squeeze forward. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I do, I actually thought these were great photos and I thought the photographer was actually really good because sometimes ATM begins some weird, weird photographers. And I thought these were actually really great, uh, photos. Um, are you talking about the season one, um, Parisian wonder bra photos? Yeah. The season one, I'm looking at season one. These are, these are bad pictures. <laughs> these, <laughs> these, what are there? Either they're horribly photoshopped. Were they actually in Paris? Yeah, yeah, they're in Paris. Like they're in a hotel room, like across from the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, no, these look like they'd be in like a JC Penney ad. It's a no. <laughs> and then on season four, they look like they'd be in a magazine, like a, like a nice magazine. Yeah, the one thing that I have to say about these season um, four uh, pillow fight lingerie photos is um, the lighting. Um. I don't understand why they positioned the male model to be facing the light and the girls to be facing away from it. So many of their faces are cast in shadow. And I'm like, you literally could have just rotated that boy around on the other end. Like, they're not even on a true bed. You know what I'm saying? It's not like there's a headboard or anything. I'm like, you could have rotated that. And these girls could have had, like, just, like, such better lighting. But that's just me. Yeah, it seems like they really wanted to challenge the girls to find the light. You know what I mean? Um, Uh Because like Michelle Dayton, she she found her light, but then look at Tatiana and she was like only half her face is in, is in the light. So I can, Mm -hmm. I can see how, and and obviously they probably cued the the male model up to be like, look at the light always. So you seem like a top model. Meanwhile, where is Riggs? Riggs. What is Riggs doing these days? No shade to Riggs. Maybe Riggs is still doing fashion show. I have no clue. Um, <laughs> but when I look at the Cycle 1 photos, these are flat. There is no dimension. It looks like it is like they're composited in. No, I, I do prefer the, the Season 4 Wonder Bra uh, images. For Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. So now. There's also some really conservative girls in this fucking show. I forgot how conservative the girls are like, I don't want to hug a man because my husband is back home and i want to know like the girl who was being so like weird about was it tiffany no who was the one not tiffany the one that was like i just have a man like i want to yeah rebecca is rebecca still with that guy was it worth it mary like was it (laughs) worth it like are you still married mom did the wedding go through i do think we should check in on rebecca i'm gonna do some research and see if he wound up being the one to see if it was really worth it marrying. I would be on TV being like, I got it. This is my, this is my moment. Like I really want yeah, to, I have to make this, this work for me. Yeah. I have she married him the same my... year as the same as her cycle came out. So. Oh, and are they still married? According to Wikipedia, the, she is. Oh, well, that's okay. Good. So he would have understood if she would have chased her dream and done the photo. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Basically, what we're saying is, regardless, Rebecca, you didn't make the right decision. 
that's what I'm saying. But I'm also very into my dreams and pursuing what I need to do in life. Now I'm looking her up on Instagram. She better work. She, Rebecca's <laughs> private, I think, right? Or did you find hers? I found a Rebecca Epley. I don't know. I don't know if this is the Rebecca Epley, but uh, I, I found a Rebecca Epley on IG. I do not think that's her. That is but, not her. But go off, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> but go off to whoever that Rebecca is. Okay, so after the photo shoot, obviously the girls are sent to panel. And that panel, the models are critiqued on their photos as they, of uh, the models. Sorry. So after the photo shoot, the girls are sent to panel, and at the panel, the models are critiqued on their photos, and they are also forced to do some embarrassing challenge in relation to that week's lesson. So for this episode, the girls are given one of the best challenges. The girls are asked to do a teleprompter with some rather ridiculous words to make things interesting. Now, Bob, we are top model experts here, and we were able to find the transcript uh, from this teleprompter for this panel challenge. Now, we don't have a teleprompter handy, unfortunately, but we did send you this to read, and I would love for you to give us your best correspondent at Fashion Week vibes. Well, if you think that I would not come prepared, you're absolutely wild. Here we go. If you think I would, if you think there's a chance I was going to come to this, not prepared for this, you are outside your mind. Now, I did not look up the names of these people, so I'm going to do it. This is my authentic first take. You ready? We're ready. Hi, Bob here with, are you ready? Here we go. Hi, Bob here with ANTM TV. It is Fashion Week in Paris, and Technicolor is the name of the game. Can you say magenta, chartreuse, solid gold, and shocking pink, and vivid, vibrant colors aren't the only story here. Christian LaCroix, Izzy Miyake, Drazen Von Noten, and Hermes are mixing and matching spotty leopard, splotchy giraffes, spring florals, and Scottish plaid. Almost chasing, almost clashing, but somehow dashing. (laughs) Sexy, sensual, sashy, and serving it. Wow. There is Tippy Top Models, Giselle Bundon, um, Carlina Kurkova, and Leah Kadibi hanging out with the Kaiser himself, Carl Lagerfeld. So I'm going to go hang out with the Sheik and try to get the look, Francois. Au revoir. Back to you, Tyra. Wow. (laughs) I probably mispronounced a a thousand. I, I I didn't look up how to pronounce any of these names, but I probably mispronounced like half of them. At least you got our mess right. Yeah, Hermes was correct. Um, Christian LaCroix, Issy Miyake, um, Giselle Bündchen, Carolina Kirkova, and Leah Cabetti. I mean, obviously, they are really setting these girls up. They are. Why'd you do that, Tyra? If you're doing real like work, you actually get prompted beforehand. They'll be like, hey, Hello. just so you know. Like, and this is how these you say names, these girls' names. Yeah, these names are all hard to pronounce, and this is how you, you should know how to say them. Like, they, Tara Banks is always like, now there are times in the modeling world, quite often you will be asked to walk in 12 inch heels on a stage that has recently been slicked with Vaseline in the middle of a hurricane while pendulums are swinging at you and rabbit dogs are biting at your feet over shark infested water. It's actually very common. I've done it seven <laughs> times myself. So therefore, we're going to throw you right in the fires, di- the, the lion's den today. We're like, Tyra, this doesn't happen. Tyra. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to need to see some proof. <laughs> Where are right? the feet? Miss Tyra, I was honestly so tickled by how many girls that could not read magenta. I don't think. Yeah, mag- I was wondering how far back was the screen. Also, too, they, when you think but they about read it, everything else though, because like they, if they, if you can see the words ANTM, mm-hmm. or you can see, you can see. I, I was very shocked at how many girls mispronounced magenta. Of all the things, magenta was what really seemed to shock me the most <laughs> can you say magnetic <laughs> can you say Mag- magonto i was like what is going on y'all and, and usually speaking there aren't a right there, there usually aren't a lot of tongue twisters involved and in that there's not really, really this much alliteration happening on teleprompters i know like no one's talking about people splishy splashy um, tippity top models. You're just all like, hey, yeah. there goes Giselle Bündchen, Carolina Krakova, and Leah Cabetti. Hey, girl, also, looks good. The way the judges are like, you need to know these names. 
You ha- you listen to me, you dumb bitch. You better know the names of these fucking designers and these other models, or you'll never work in this fucking. I'm like, y'all, this is this too much. This too much. And I also go back to Tiffany. Tiffany has slowly been like being broken down. Oh, system no. like over the course of this entire episode they're just like breaking mm-hmm. this girl down mm-hmm. and and it, it to me the thing that is like so when you watch it back is when she's struggling not wanting to do this because she really just feels like uncomfortable and she does not want to make a fool of herself and tyra's like <clears throat> if you don't do this you're going home if you don't do this you're going home that was why she pushes through she does part it. of me feels Tyra on this though, because like part of me is like, I get it. You can't just be like, honestly, don't do it. Everyone else did it. You don't have to do it. We'll just, we'll just. Part of me is like, you don't get to just not do it. Like everyone did this. This is this is literally the challenge. Totally. You know what I mean? So part of me is like, Tyra, I get it. The other part is like, Tyra, this is why. <laughs> like the girl is clearly going through it. I would maybe have offered her an opportunity to leave. Um, without being like, but also being like, it's on you. Like it, it is on you. Like, do you want to, do you want to do it? Yes or no? Because there mm-hmm. are a lot of people who wanted to do it. So part of me is like, I see what Tara's getting at, but I don't think I would have been, I mean, I'm, I'm also, you know, I'm, I don't have her situation and her circumstances, but she was really beat up, like beat the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I, it's and it's her a- second time. She gave up during the scene with Boris too. Yeah. And, and then the thing was that, uh, Tony Soto had mentioned to us uh, previously was the fact that they chose to cast Brandy in the same season, who's obviously dealing with a lot of anger issues, who's who to be next to Tiffany, who is like freshly out of anger management and having to deal with somebody who triggers her and reminds her of her own self, but then is having to use the few tools that she has to also try and help Brandy at the same time. And then once Brandy like was out of the competition, like Tiffany felt, you know, very just like alone and isolated. So like you were saying, it's just like, this was something that was really coming. Like it, it, like the way that they kind of broke Tiffany down, you could see it all boiling over in this moment. And she just really, she just, she just gave up. But I'm also wondering about, but but I'm also wondering about her, um, I don't know. I'm just also wondering about like what's up with her. Like, how do you know if a person has anger management issues unless they've out out flat like flat out say it? Like, I'm because like I've been cast on a reality TV show before, and I don't remember ever getting to a point in my interviews with them where I was so angry they knew I was going to be like a loose cannon. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes, but I mean, also these people are professional and they know how to get you know a, a varied many kind of people on there. But I just don't know, how do you get to a point with someone where you realize they have anger issues without flat out saying, do you have anger issues? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, are you talking about like Brandy or... Um, Brandy. Because Brand- Tiffany obviously was like, I've been through anger management. I, I went through anger management. But like, was Tiffany, was, was Brandy like yelling at them during the interviews and shit when she was getting cast? You know? Right. Right. I, well, gee, that is, the, you know what that is really, that is very true. It's just like, was she exhibiting that prior to, you know, getting in the house? And was the house itself in the environment? You know, there could have, because I feel like they also do, you know, I feel like in the casting process, they do ask you about your temper. I feel like that is something that does get like discussed. They're just kind of like, you know, like, how do you handle things? Like, how's your temper? Like, do you tend to, you know? Do you have a lot of brothers and sisters? Do you fight with them a lot? (laughs) Yeah. Would you, uh, does your spirit ever leave your body? Um, I don't know why. We're, like, we all have to take a psyche valve um, to get onto uh, drag race. And for some reason, that question is one that I will always remember because it was like sandwiched in between. I would, I would enjoy a career as a florist and like some other really just like casual question, but just literally it was just like, sometimes I feel my spirit leave my body. I was like, well, (laughs) Um, but let's get into this iconic moment between Tyra and Tiffany at panel. So obviously critiques happen. Um, The photos are handed out and both Rebecca and Tiffany are sent home in the first double elimination that top model history has seen. Now, 
this is a pretty historic moment, but Tiffany's response to being eliminated is what sent Tyra over the edge. After Tiffany finds out that she is eliminated, you know, she tries to brush off being sent home and telling the other contestants not to cry and that it's not that big of a deal. It's not serious. And that, and then all of a sudden this reaction clearly triggers Tyra and makes her upset. And then another first on the show, Tyra asks the girls to return to their spots and Tyra begins to lecture Tiffany on needing to be more appreciative of this opportunity. And this is the moment where, you know, we get the iconic, we were ready for you. Do you know um, it by heart? We were, oh wait, um, no, I don't, I don't. All I know I is Tiffany, I'm very disappointed in you. Uh, no, Rebecca, I admire the emotion that you're showing right now. Tiffany, I am very disappointed to you. I'm very disappointed in you. You see how upset these girls are. This means a lot to them. And to see you passing this off as a joke, she's like, Tyra, looks may be deceiving. I am sad. I am angry. Um, but then the what, the great part is when she starts yelling, be quiet, Tiffany, be quiet. What? Stop it. Stop, Stop it. it. That is where it, it gets really brilliant right when she yells, Stop it. Because how dare thing, you? I was wondering if you were, we were all rooting for you. How dare you? Did you know you had a chance to actually win this competition? We were like, oh, she let it slip, who they had, you know, already pegged for the winner's circle. But the thing is, like, in right? Washington, because, you know, I watched, the, I just watched this again, you know, it was like dissecting it. Like, before, like, Tyra really has her exploding moment, it's like, Tiffany is very much so trying to explain herself. And literally right before that moment where Tyra's, like, telling her to be quiet, she's like, I'm trying, I can hear her saying, I'm trying to explain myself, but you won't let me talk. You know, it's just like, you're, you're, you're basically saying that like the way that I'm handling this is wrong. And I'm trying to explain to you based off of my experiences, why I do not want to cry about something that I cannot change, you know? And it's just like, I, there was no, there really wasn't going to be any winning for Tiffany in that moment. No, Tiffany, um, Tiffany could not win. But also, when, just, you're on, when you're on a reality TV show, when you are um, being critiqued, in my experience, the only thing you can do is take the critiques and say thank you and move on. Anything else is seen as dissent, is seen as fighting, is seen as, you know, whatever. Um, just say thank you and then keep it moving because part of it is like, you know, you go on these shows, you are specifically signing up to have someone critique your essence mm -hmm. and give you feedback on it. You know, that's going to happen. Um, it can be very difficult to hear. Now, once you get there, the game doesn't change. You think it's going to be fun and games until they don't like something <laughs> you've done. You know what I mean? I think I do think that Tyra's reaction to Tiffany laughing it off is a little intense. I was like, Tyra, this is wild. And then, of course, when Tiffany starts fighting back, and then, and then Tyra finally says her um her infamous monologue, which I feel like every drag queen, I, I only know it by heart because I used it years ago in like a mix of mine. <laughs> you know, I have never in my life yet to go like this. My mother yells this because she loves, loves me. me. Um, um, I love when she goes, when you go to bed at night, you lay there, you take responsibility for yourself because nobody gonna take responsibility for you. It's like, what does that even mean? I Tyra? know. Tyra Tippett. You sitting over there rolling your eyes because you've heard it all before. You don't know where I come from. You don't know what I've been through. Yeah, wow. how did it, when did how did it get to that point? Like, what was like Tyra? She didn't say you've been through. You don't even know how it how did it even get that far. And I I think that when you're in these positions, these shows, there is a hierarchy of authority, and the contestants are at the very bottom of that rung. The PAs have more authority. <laughs> Than the dra than the than the contestants do. Mm -hmm. This is coming from a, a a a reality TV contestant. The PAs, honey, have more uh, authority than the than the contestants do. You have no power. You mm -hmm. now be gone before someone before Tyra Banks puts on a red wig and yells at you. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I I really feel bad for Tiffany because she's trying her best to save face. And she she's been feeling embarrassed for the entire this whole episode. She's mm -hmm. been feeling everything with Larry Moss embarrassment, Boris embarrassment, um, pillow and uh, pillow fight scene embarrassment, mm -hmm. um, teleprompting embarrassment, and then the final thing was the ultimate embarrassment where, where Tyra Banks um, tells her that she's ungrateful and that she needs to just get the fuck out of here in the middle of a double elimination, which is also embarrassment as well. Yeah. Um. So it. 
I feel really bad for Tiffany in this scenario. And I, I think too. that Tyra's operating from a place where she's like, Tyra just doesn't see like, Tyra, like, you are Tyra Banks. So everything you say matters 10 times more because, because you're Tyra Banks. Mm-hmm. Because you are arguably one of the most successful, not arguably, definitively, one of the most successful supermodels in the world. And you're yelling at all these girls who will more than likely never have a career as a supermodel. And they yeah. want it so bad. Um, some of them don't even want to be models. They just want to be on TV. Some of them are just pretty girls who just want to be on TV. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, look, let's take a quick break. This has all been so good. And I can talk about this more. But let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about another fierce reality television show. We're here. We'll be right back. back to want to be on top now a lot of you were introduced to bob the drag queen from rupaul's drag race and bob is now of course breaking boundaries and going above and beyond to continue spreading the magic that is bob now you are in your second season of your emmy nominated show on hbo max we're here season two and it premiered on October 12th. So I want to talk a little bit about this experience. Um, firstly, I'm a huge fan of the show. Absolutely loved it. I As watched I. all of season one. I think I cried every single episode. Um, Thank you. <clears throat> As did I, actually. How did you come about being a part of this experience that is We're Here? So I actually got a cold Hollywood call from one of the creators of the show named Stephen Warren. And he... Um, he, uh, I was like, I remember like at the airport or something. I was at the airport. I was leaving the Kesha cruise and I got this call being like, I want to, I want you to be in, um, in my, uh, in this show, but I can't say what it is. You have to come to this restaurant. We have to, you have to sign this NDA and we have to talk. And then once he pitched the idea to me, cause at first I thought it was going to be like, we go and we fix straight people. And I was like, I don't want to be in that show. I don't want to do a show where I go and I fix straight people's lives. No faith, no shade to any show that does that. I just don't want to do it. Um, and then once I realized that we'd actually be telling like like queer stories and stories that people who are differently abled and indigenous people and black people and Asian people, I was like, I'm in. I definitely want yeah. to do this. Yeah. Um, and, and so- they got me. You, th- you think you're crying, girl. They got me. Every trailer, if there's a clip of me crying. This is the one from this season. The clip of me crying <laughs> in the trailer. And I have this friend named Nick. And whenever I like can't answer the phone or Nick is like, if I'm just too busy to talk, I'm like, hey, I'm in the podcast. I'll say, hey, sorry, I'm busy. And he always sends me back the picture of myself crying God. as the response. <laughs> so I'll say, I can't make it. And he sends me this. The last season, he used to send me this one, which is a single tear <laughs> falling from my eye. So I'd be like, I can't make it. And he, I would get this image in response. That's funny. Um, I mean, I live for uh, you and these lovely um, tears. I will never forget we were... Uh, this was for the season nine premiere. We were doing a show. It was like a, it was like our press week. We were doing a show um, and you were hosting it. And it was like a boss event show that was like during our press week for season nine. And uh, or was it for DragCon? Anyway, no, I think it was DragCon. We had done like a season nine show with like boss. Anyway, uh, we, I had like done um, a performance of Cocky. And I've been on the road and it was like really long, you know, I was like super tired and like everybody in the theater just like started going up and like chanting, chanting, chanting. And I was like so overwhelmed by the love. Like I totally started crying and like, you know, there's this like jumbo Tron behind us, you know, that has like, you know, everything all projected. And I remember leaving the stage and Bob coming on and being like, you know what? One thing that I really find so endearing about you, Shay Pillay, is that you are such a pretty person but such an ugly crier. <laughs> 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 
And then I ended up seeing like a picture um, of me from that moment. I was like, damn, that was a terrible face. Like, oh. And after that, I started Did being I like, <laughs> yes. So and after that, I started thinking of like Helen from um, Bridesmaids. I was like, okay, be a pretty crier. <laughs> I'm, I'm a pretty crier now. I, I say some stuff. There are things that people are like, you said this. And I'm like, I said that? Oh my God. But I mean, I'm one to talk. I, they got me full on ugly crying this season. I wear here, girl. I am. I things fall apart, girls. So you're talking about uh, books, honey. Things fall apart. You want to talk about reading? <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of this season, what like that you can tell us? Um, what is one thing that you are most excited for the audience to see in season two? Well, I'm just so the thing about like everyone's like, what's different from this season to season two than season one? And I'm like, honestly, it's not about the show being different. It's about the show being like more just more like we, mm-hmm. we figured it out. We're better at the show this year. So we really figured out our groove. Um, the, this is some of, this is, I'm going to say this the hardcore and it, it, I stand by this. This is some of the best drag on television. Where Like Amen. the drag that we do on this show, especially in season two is legitimately some of the best drag that has ever been on TV. It is so good the 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 attention to detail the care the way that they tell the stories i'm so proud of i'm going to play it in the background silently while we do this i'm so proud of like what goes into like creating this like really phenomenal show i just always live for when y'all come into town you know every time you guys go into a new location you know uh the three of Mm y'all storm into town in your looks you know that correspond with one another i yeah am always just so floored by that well thank you and also just like the the inclusion the 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 way that our like the fact that we're not just going around telling like cis straight white stories means a Mm -hmm. lot to me and we are telling stories that need to be heard people who feel like we go to these towns and some of these folks like i am the only person like me in this town and then we do the show they realize they're not there's a lot of people like these like this in these towns you know what i mean there are tons of trans people living in alabama living in this living in the sticks living you know living in living in and and once people start to see this and realize they're not alone i feel like it could really make a massive impact oh we got the tear um there was (laughs) you guys do look incredible in this trailer Oh, Thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. I'm like, the fact that y'all look so amazing doing day drag out in the sunlight, that that's that's just proof enough that this is some of the best drag that you could hey, possibly see. Hey, girl, they put us in the sun, honey. They put us, they put our, <laughs> I said that is they put us in the, this is one of my sunlight. favorite shots. This is Eureka yes. and me, Shangela, walking around in Indiana and like, we're in our patriotic looks and i'm like girl we fucking turned this like we we oh, turned the live. kids uh-huh. Ooh, in indiana that's a, that's a fun looks. place to be uh be real gay yeah girl indiana we we, we travel around where we, in we, indiana a, were y'all i i don't know if i can say quite yet okay. but we yeah, were no, somewhere no, we in indiana got it. Yes. but people well, also i'm like born in indiana so i was like i wonder where i was born in warsaw indiana Oh, we weren't there, so we can narrow it down. Um, <laughs> I'm from the Chicagoland area um, as well, so I'm familiar with the the interesting place of Indiana. Whenever, whenever people say like, "Oh my God, when when is we coming to Chicago? When is we coming to Atlanta?" I'm like, "Girl, we don't do we don't do Atlanta. We don't do Chicago. We don't do Detroit. <laughs> like, we don't do right, Los like, Angeles." Uh, right. It's like, when is we're here coming to LA? When is we're here coming to New York to find those you know queer people that haven't found their tribe yet? You're like, "Well, bitch, throw a stone. Never yeah. find somebody. Never not once. We, we we go to like Anchorage. No, not Anchorage. We go to like Rankin, Alaska. Yeah. We go to Ronkonkoma, <laughs> Long Island. We go to you know." Uh, Places you have, yeah, Boot and Scoot, Kentucky. Places you most definitely have not heard of. That's funny. People ask that. They're obviously not getting the point of the show. If they're like, "Why are you coming to LA?" (laughs) Like, uh... you're like, "Baby, this ain't a tour." (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, just to switch the subject really quick, you also have a very entertaining podcast with our sister Miss Monet Exchange called Sibling Rivalry. And I hear y'all are taking the show on the road next summer. 
Yeah, so we're going to be going on the road next year. I mean, you know, uh, our uh, tour was one of the things we lost in the fire of COVID-19. Um, mm-hmm. So we had a tour planned, but of course, like a lot of other things in the world, it got shut down because of the coronavirus. And we're really uh, excited to be able to bring it back on the road again. And Monet is my best friend, and I just love hanging out with her. And I mean, you you know, uh, you know how fun she is. Like, she's just yeah. great. Um, and I'm just really excited to get a chance to hit the road with her again. Like, I've done a small UK tour and a Canadian tour, but but we've never gone across America. Um, so this one is a tour, and this one is going to LA and and Detroit and, <laughs> and, and Atlanta. So this one you don't have to worry about. And also, I want to give a big shout out to all the uh, queens who looked really amazing in Entertainment Weekly's um, yes. uh, Black Queen shoot. They looked absolutely just yes. Dundralina. The girls I, 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 I got jealous, so I did, I did my own. I did my own. <laughs> so I want everyone to know. I was like, yes. I wanted to be there, so I, I photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> I had myself hey. photoshopped in. <laughs> okay, let me try me in a quick little white outfit. I'll throw me in the other corner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, send that to us, Bob. We'll make it happen. We'll put it all together. I know how to photograph. Yes. I know how to put somebody in the back of a picture. Let us um, grab it right off my Twitter. But you, you have to do a terrible, like, I have to, like, horribly place yourself in front like I did. Oh, I mean, of course. <laughs> right, no. It's I'll just have just it, like, horizontal. Looking like I'm peering up from the bottom of the frame. Yeah, I'll just have Shay sideways on the ground underneath, like lying across. But it would be a picture of you oh, standing yeah. uh-huh. and wiping. Me completely you, standing, but like sideways, <laughs> just lying across everybody. Yeah, because we don't have a single girl laying down on the floor in this image, and I feel like we need that. That would be your spot, that your moment. Great. I'll I'll make it happen for you. I'm going to get <laughs> that picture from Twitter right now. So when when does uh, the sibling rivalry tour start? Do you know? We don't have our official announced date, but we're starting in the summer. So that, that is so look out for us. We will be touring around to a to a town near you. Yeah. So y'all twenty twenty two. Until summer to subscribe and turn on your notifications so y'all can be up to date on when sibling rivalry is going on tour. But also, not for nothing, you can check out our Patreon. I mean, me and Monet have a very wonderful Patreon. We're so proud of the community we've built over on our Patreon. Um, it is uh siblingrivalrypodcast.com slash support. Um, and you can uh, join the community that we have over there. We, we have some great, great stuff. And we're, we're starting a Discord very soon. Ooh. Wait, are y'all like playing video games or is that different? Like it's a, just like a way to a... chat and like communicate oh, with people because pa- Patreon okay. isn't great for communicating. And gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I use Discord just for uh, playing video games. Huh. What games do you play? Um, I, right now, mostly what I play is Dead by Daylight. Okay. So it's like, you know, you get kidnapped, you're like in a um, maze, and then you work online, like you'll be chatting online with your friends, and then you have to fix these generators while running from a serial killer to open these doors to get out. Like Detox plays it, Pheromone plays it. Um, Y'all better work. Girl, and it is so fun because like, honestly, I love to hear just like faggoty screams (laughs) and like, you know, just hear a girl just like, Yahoo! And uh, it's great. I love it. I'm obsessed. That's with your memoir. Faggoty Scream, the Shea Kool-Aid story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. This has been so much fun. Bob, thank you so much for joining us today for Wanna Be On Top. Um, and my pleasure. tell all of our listeners where they can find you online. Listen, just go to any social media type in Bob the Drag Queen. I'm the only one with this terrible name. You can go to BobTheDragQueen.com. <laughs> I am there always to be seen on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all over the place. Also, Shay, get into Super Smash Brothers. I know it's kind of a hard game to learn, but you got to get into Super Smash Brothers because all the girls are playing Smash these days, too. Okay, I'm going to have to, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to start off doing, like, some tutorials and some one-on-ones so that I can be able to do... The like, you know, like kind of like games where there's multiple players, because that's where I struggle with Super Smash Brothers is not being able to see my avatar. I'm always like, which one that am is true. I? I you, you get lost. It happens on you like which one am I? And then next thing you know, you you fall off the Maxwell, You're do you dead. play video games? I'm not much of a gamer. I was doing Animal Crossing for a while, but I can't like sit and like that. I can't. It's too much. Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing is, is such, on Switch. Is that on you Nintendo? Just, yeah. You just Oh, that is, there, there is an entire Switch just for Animal. You can buy a Switch that is literally just for Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Wow, um, that's dedication. 
and Maxwell, you, you just told me so much about yourself in that in that uh, in those few little words. <laughs> it wasn't the pink wigs yeah, like, on the wall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, just Sport. so you know, Dead by Daylight is um, on Switch too. It is a cross-platform game, so you know you can like play on the PC, you can play on the PlayStation, you can play on Switch. But maybe I'll run that. I'll, listen, I'll, I'll get in there with you. It's, it's I'll spooky, get in there with spooky you. Spooky season. It is spooky season. Like, what better time to get into Dead by Daylight than spooky season? I'll download it. I'll put it yeah, on. There is a video. There's a video of me. There's a video of me and Peppermint playing Dead by Daylight, and she <laughs> got really. This. And I was like, and I was like, Pep, you need to like, you're the you're the killer. You have to hit me. And then Pep didn't want to hit me, so she started crying. <laughs> she was like i don't want to kill you and then she fully started crying i was like oh my god all right pep so then i'm walking around with the killer We're like walking around looking at stuff <laughs> like hanging out with the killer i need yeah. that you know what because sometimes i do be noticing that people are playing games with their friends that are the killer because sometimes there will be survivors on there and i'm like how come the killer is not killing you how come they're just walking with you and then they're slaying me at this generator? It feels like you're almost <laughs> working for them. I'm like, we got a mole in our midst. Exactly. Oh my gosh. This has been so much fun. I just want to say thank you so much to all of our listeners. And I just want to remind you that if you have any top model facts or questions for Maxwell and me, our guests, or you even just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Wanna Be On Top wherever you listen and make sure to rate and review the show because it helps us grow, bitch. I'm Shay Coulet. And I'm Max Wasposito. And I'm Bob the Drag Queen. And as always, the question remains Wanna, wanna Be, be on, on Top? Want to be on top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Forever. To listen to Want to Be on Top? ad-free and Monday early. Sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top? Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by Shea Coulee, produced by Maxwell Esposito, editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 